What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live on the LiveMana Network. Thank you so much for being here. You can find our network by downloading Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play, uh, your app stores, which I just mentioned, and, uh, of course, Google News Now. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm really excited about today's guest because I love talking about biblical prophecy. And the thing that I know about biblical prophecy is that everyone has an interpretation. They've been predicting the end of the world for thousands of years. And, um, and I'm sure there's many times back before I was even alive where, you know, people thought that Revelations was playing out during World War II and other wars. So <laughs> what's happening now in the world uh, is, you know, it's... It, to be honest with you, it probably looks more like biblical prophecy playing out than ever before. But then again, I'm sure other generations would have something to say about that too. However, based on everything I know uh, and everything I've read and everything I see in my spirit, and then of course, everything I dreamed about as a child, well, you know, it really looks like things are playing out. Um, just the way that Revelation spoke about, the way that Daniel talked about. But there's other books of prophecy uh, there's books that have been taken out of the Bible that uh, talk about the end days too. Book of Enoch is a prime example. But today, uh, we have a very special guest who writes books on the end times. And I uh, have not had the opportunity to read them, but I am very honored and excited to have her on to talk about what she knows. She just wrote a new book uh, that's very, it sounds very interesting and so we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into, get into it today, and see what this is all about. It's a fictional book, or they're fictional books based on prophecy. But I have a feeling that fictionalized reality, fictionalized nonfiction. I don't. I think there's a word for that. I think that that's what these books are. But we'll see. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, we'll be right back after this short commercial, and uh, we'll bring our guest on. Thank you so much for being here. I'm rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finer things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on, spill more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Plug up in a harlot, my battery need charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. Is some liquid from my arteries will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody wanna work for it. Want them all to know your name, don't wanna see no hurt for it. You wanna the red carpet, the red carpet, the red. What's up, everybody? We're back. We're on the Live Mana Network. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, please welcome our guest, Miss Anita Tosh. My mouse does not want to touch that. There we go. Hello, Anita. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. So thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. Before we get into discussing your books on prophecy, what are you grateful for today and why? I'm grateful the sun came up and I'm walking with God and looking for him to return. 
you know, it's interesting you say that. I'm I'm a follower of Christ. I love the Lord with all my heart. But I'm not necessarily like counting the days till he comes back either. Because I feel like I'm here for this time for a reason. And I feel like if I ever let my mind slip to go, okay, Jesus, please come back now. Then I'm also going to be saying, I don't want all you have for me. And I believe that God keeps his promises. And I believe that the visions and dreams he shows us are showing us what's possible for our life. And Absolutely. I will see that happen, even if I'm here fighting half man, half machine or whatever else. So. That's so perfect. I totally agree. Um, I, I am one of the people who believe in a post-tribulation rapture. Uh, and we very well might be fighting half man, might be part machine or part who knows what else. Uh, you know, we see in um, uh, several places in the Bible where there are mixtures of, uh, oh, different animals. And, uh, you know, like in Revelation, you hear about how the animals that we saw in Daniel all get morphed together into one big, incredible monster. And um, I personally think that's a uh, kind of a, uh, a tip, <laughs> so to speak, of how things are going in our world. Uh, the science, so-called, uh, they are trying to morph together all kinds of things that shouldn't be put together. And that's happening all around us. Yeah, we don't talk. I think, you know, we see it on the cover of magazines, but then we don't really bat an eye when they talk about cloning. And, and they've been cloning humans and animals way longer than they ever told us. But they've also been mix matching man and animal part for a long time, too. And they put this on mainstream magazine covers, but they don't ever like people don't take it serious like it's a reality. And they right. always tell us what they're doing. And for some reason. They choose to get their information from the news. But if you go directly to the source, you will hear the information. You will hear exactly yes. what they're doing because it's part of their code to tell us like they don't feel that they're doing anything wrong because we are willingly accepting this bullcrap and just taking it like oh who cares i got the kardashians episode and i've got the football game to watch and i'm not walking knocking watching sports i mean i like sports i played sports and i enjoy watching sports i'm competitive i enjoy seeing competition but it's also there as a distraction to blind us and to take our attention away from the reality of what's really happening. So everything you spoke about has been happening for years, but very few are really even aware that it's happening. So many people, they really don't care. Like you say, they're just busy. They're distracted. Uh, they are just doing their day-to-day -day stuff and they just want to live and be happy. But, um, you know, but when you do look deeper, if, if you know, when God kind of taps on your shoulder and lets you know that there's more going on here, and when you start checking into it, it's 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 incredible to see all the lies around us. I mean, you know, this really is Satan's kingdom until Jesus comes back. Everywhere you look, there's false gods. I mean, even the Starbucks symbol is a false god. Yeah, yeah everywhere. And um, but but one of the things I bring out in the book of Jeremy is how that 
the Bible does tell us that before Jesus returns, it will be like Sodom and Gomorrah, and it will be like Noah's day. And when you look at that, you realize how wicked the earth had become. Really and truly, Noah and his family were the only ones that had any thought of God at all. That's it. I mean, that's how wicked the world was. Everybody had gone rotten. And uh, and in Sodom and Gomorrah, the same thing. It says that every man in the city surrounded the house. Every man. There wasn't one decent man in there besides Lot. And he wasn't that good either. You know, so <laughs> the Bible calls him righteous, but, you know, he wasn't perfect. Um, but that's what we're leading up to. The world is just getting more and more decrepit and wretched and sinful. I mean, you know, when you, it, it's, it's, it's really gross. Yeah. And it's, and listen, I'm not a prude. You don't really know me that well, but I've, I mean, my wife and I wrote a book and made a movie on my life, which is in the form of my testimony. And we did it in an uncensored way. It's called the devil inside me. And I cover all of the sin pretty well. And then some, in fact, I think I even created some new kinds of sin before my life with Jesus. And so I'm not a prude. Nothing surprises me. I have noticed that lately, though, the things that I used to think were okay or just like, yeah, whatever, like now it's starting to bother me. And maybe that has to do with having two young daughters and, you know, God just working on me and healing me because I'm starting to recognize, holy crap, this is like really messed up. But that said, I still, you know, believe that we are here to love and I'm not going to bash the LGBT community because I was part of it. Um, I don't support the agenda, but they, I do support God's children. And I want to represent love so that God works on them. Not me telling you that you need to be a certain way, but let God do the work in them. And so now that I'm seeing this, the other thing that I've seen is the blatant symbolism of evil that has been thrown in our face that we've ignored. And this agenda to, you know, part of part of getting us to transhumanism is... One, we push the LGBT community on people. We get them to accept gay culture. Then we get them to accept trans, which if you know Baphomet, Baphomet is a transgendered God. So then you get them to accept that. But where we're going and where they want to take us is a genderless place where we are genderless. So with all throwing the sex in our face, the other side of this is genderless, where we merge with machine. They want to take our souls because our souls are the prize in the war that's taking place. There's two new, and my belief is this, and I would love your opinion, especially with your research. I believe that there are two new, two new world orders, two new world orders at war. And there's one that's the false front new world order, which is what people thought the new world order is. And then there's the one that's been working behind the scenes the whole time. But either way, they are at war for our soul. Is that how your research shows it? Um, I got to think about these these two sides a little bit, but I do see that it is a war for the soul, mm-hmm. and um, I believe that uh, you know Satan and his um, the other fallen angels and whatever else there is on that side, they are controlling a, a lot of the um, uh, nations of the world, and uh, it is a spiritual war, and. We are coming very close to, uh, um, I mean, within a few years of seeing the Antichrist in person. I believe he will be an actual person who 
uh, who has taken over. And there's everything is just being set up, set in place for that. It looks like World War III could be very, very close. We see um, uh, headlines about, uh, you know, Russia wanting to uh, use nukes and so forth. Um, and that Ukraine is a uh, just an excuse to get things started. Uh, so uh, there's, I mean, of course, things like you say have been for a long time, but it's just more and more so. Yes, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was moving my camera. Oh, <laughs> thought you wanted to say yeah. something. I, I, I wish there was a different hand gesture I could use to move it. Ah, see, I just made it stop again. There we go. Because um, it looks like I'm waving at people. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting, too, because, well, I won't go into all my beliefs because we could be here for an hour, but I, with all the celebration that's happening right now with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, I'm just going, you knuckleheads, look at the businesses he owns. The beast system is not possible without him because one world currency, one world government. What do you need? You need everything connected. Well, how is everything going to be connected? Two ways. You have 5G, which is attached to the blockchain. Of course, 6G will be a whole other animal, but that's attached to the blockchain. And if everything is connected, including our bodies, which was what was in the jab, is the graphene oxide and the mRNA technology, which is a programmable computer processor, if you will, and that is in our bodies. The 5G needs a host, and our bodies make the perfect host. And so as we're moving around walking through life, we're connected to our phone, which eventually will be a part of us, but then the 5G towers, and all of that becomes connected. Well, then you can have a one-world currency. Then you can have a one-world government. Then... Uh, you, 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 do you see what I'm saying? So that makes that's all possible with Starlink. And now that Elon Musk has bought Twitter, one of the things that's going to happen and watch how this plays out, because they want to prove your identity. So there's no more fake accounts, no more fake trolling. So you're going to upload your identity into Twitter. And when you do that, you're giving Skynet, which is from the Terminator movies and some other movies. But Skynet is Starlink. And so once we do that, we're giving them that access and the data that is necessary to be able to fully control us. And that is what the Antichrist, the beast system, and all of that is. And that's where we're going. I Yeah, I'm on board with you. There's, there's even a little in my book here about um, the vaccines <laughs> and, uh, and the family that the book is following, Jeremy's family. They are a Christian family and they, uh, are, they, they've never given their kids vaccines. And so they end up having to homeschool their kids uh, to finish up school because schools you know, re require it. If you're going to go to school, you have to have a jab. And uh, so we talk a little bit about that in the book. And um, yeah, I, I do. I do believe in that the the uh, the five G connection there, and and what uh, all the horrible stuff that is in that jab that they're giving people. It's, um, it's so just a stack of lies that they're selling the the public a bill of goods. You know, if you don't have your eyes open, uh, you just follow right along with the crowd. Yeah. It's a, it's, a very, it's, it's a very interesting time to be in, and it's requiring us. There's no wonder in the Bible it talks about us, you know, really it, the importance of faith. 
but also the importance to not fear. And, and it almost seems like a paradox in itself in this world that we're living in where we have fear thrown at our face nonstop. It's on every channel. You can't watch a sporting event without them trying to scare us and they push us, but yet we're not to fear. Well, the easiest way to do that is to turn off the TV, turn off the radio. <laughs> that helps a lot. Then all of a sudden they have no way of programming you through television. But anyway, with all that said, I, what, what, I want to go back to your, your, you as an author, what inspired you to start writing these end time prophecy books? Well, um, a couple of things. One thing is, like I said, I do believe in an, uh, uh, post-tribulation rapture and so tell, tell the audience for those that don't know we have all walks of yeah. life not all believers some believers we have muslims atheists we have a really interesting community that watches and Correct. love them all so for those that don't understand what that is would you please explain happy to all right uh we we know the bible tells us that jesus will return when he ascended he said yeah i'm going to uh, well, actually, it was the angel said he's going to come back the same way you saw him leave. So he will be coming back in the clouds. And um, when he comes back is a big question mark for many people. Uh, there's uh, when he comes back, he will gather together the born again believers who are full of his spirit and ready to meet him. He will gather them from all over the world. That's what we refer to as the rapture. Um and many people think that it's going to happen uh, any second, which is fine. I mean, it's good to be ready every day all the time because you don't know when your number is going to be up. True. Um, but then uh, there's a time period the Bible talks about that is referred to as the tribulation. Most people think it is a seven-year period. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say it is a seven-year period. The Antichrist will come to power for seven years. And in the middle of the time he is uh, in power, which would be mid-tribulations to some people, but actually the trib hasn't started yet. It starts in the middle when he is revealed to everybody. Uh, and he will do this when he is in the third temple. So there's things actually, a lot of things are prepared for that third temple already. Um, all of the furniture that's needed is already prepared and so forth. But anyway, there will be a time right in the middle, three and a half mark, uh, that he is revealed. Then we know from that time when he stands in the temple and he stops the sacrifices, it's called the, um, I can't think of the name of it, but there's this particular term, desolation, um, something about desolation, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but um, abomination of desolation, there we go. And that's when it takes place. So we know from that time point that we have three and a half years before the return of Jesus. Uh, the Bible plainly tells us, um, is it okay if I read just a couple of verses Please. out of the Bible? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. This is in Matthew chapter 24. The whole chapter is, uh, they, they ask Jesus, when are you coming back? And what, you know, what's, what are going to be the signs? So there's, that whole chapter is full of what is going to happen before the return of the Lord. And if you go to Matthew 24, starting in verse 29, the first four words should be very obvious of what they mean. It says, immediately after the tribulation. I'm just going to read those four words again because most people miss it. 
immediately after the tribulation. So this is at the end of that last three and a half years when the Antichrist is in power of pretty much the whole world. There are a few spots that we know are going to, that he's going to be fighting with the whole time. So um, uh, hold on to that hope. You, you can be in one of those spots that are fighting him all the way to the end. Um, okay, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Just like he said, coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. We know that's the sound that we're going to hear when he comes, the sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, if that isn't a description of the rapture, I don't know what is. And it tells us very plainly that it is at the end of the tribulation. So this was one of the main reasons I wanted to get the word out there. I don't want people to think, oh, my goodness, I missed it because you didn't miss it. He didn't come yet. He's coming at the end of the tribulation. There's a lot of bad stuff in store. They're going to kill a lot of the Christians. The Bible tells us in several places and they can't kill us if we're not here. So, um you know, take heart. As long as God has a purpose for you, you're gonna He's gonna keep you alive, and there will be people alive to the very end. And this is why I get excited. Because here's the other thing that people need to understand. You're going to see hell on earth. I'm glad that you are I'm glad I'm glad that we're aligned here. Yeah. You're gonna see hell on earth and it's gonna start soon. There's I mean I, I just saw one of my favorite sportscasters. He's having blood clots. And if you see what these blood clots are doing, they're, now it's like all over. They can't even hide it anymore. But more and more people are experiencing the blood clots. And then if people, the people that are going to get their CD8 and CD4 counts checked, well, they're starting to realize they don't have an immune system left. Guess what that is, folks? That's I'm qualified on this subject to talk about HIV because I live a healthy life with it. There's a reason why I keep telling people to go get tested because the sooner you can get a hold of this, there are drugs to help your immune system. There's ways to get the parasites that you've now ingested in your body. And there's, I, I've been learning a lot about parasites a lot lately. Oh my gosh. Like that in itself, they're little demons is what they are and what they do to you. Or that it's and I don't want to spend time. That's like a five hour broadcast. But we are we're about to see it And all believers. The reason why you do not want to be lukewarm right now is because it's going to be really, really easy for you. If you are lukewarm to slip and go back and take the easy road out because you're going to be presented. This beast system is going to look like a gift from God. You're going to think, oh, the harvest has come in is exactly what you're going to be doing because all your preachers and everything else have been telling you you're the, a great harvest is coming. And no, absolutely there is. But the one that you think it is, is not God's harvest. This is the one that the beast is going to tempt you to take his mark with because you will not get into the new financial system without taking that mark. And you're going to see hell on earth and you're going to be begging for relief 
And that relief is going to come by the Antichrist. And he's going to say, oh, here you go. This is what I've been promising you. That's what all this has been about. We've exposed all of this truth. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall for it if you do not have discernment. And this is why God wants our priorities in the right place. He wants us living the kingdom life. He wants us serving others. He doesn't really even care about our stupid jobs. He wants us serving and being the body of Christ to live the kingdom life. Because that is what's going to get you through what's coming. And if you haven't practiced kingdom life, it's gonna you're going to be lost. Sorry, I, I get this subject. I told you when you when we were talking about doing the interview, I'm very passionate about this because ever since I was a little kid, I've had the visions of what's coming. And I had no idea that I would be right in the middle of all of it because I didn't think it was actually going to happen. But now here we are. Wow. What age were you when you had these visions? What? What what age were you when you had these visions? Do you My remember? My very first vision came after being molested when I was seven. Ah. All of my visions at first happened through trauma. I mean, I may have had them when I wasn't, but I don't remember them. But when I gave my life to the Lord, uh, my sixth time in jail in L.A. County, uh, when I was looking at five years, I had this experience that God showed me. And like all of the visions collectively came as one whole movie. And then I got to see the rest of it. Hence why we so boldly the last six years have been doing what we've been doing. And it's been wild. But nonetheless, God has not proven me wrong yet. And it just keeps connecting more dots. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like I, I have the eyes to see. But here's one other thing. And I'm going to be quiet after this because I, I want to finish it with this. I also believe that collectively as believers the more our eyes open to see the truth of what's going on, and we rally around as believers, we rally around the love of Jesus, collectively, we can bring heaven to earth much quicker than what we can sit around and be scared and all of that, and it's just going to keep messing with the timeline. But if we come together and unite around the love of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, we can change things. We can, we can bring heaven to earth even when hell is all around us. And that is our responsibility as believers. All right, Anita. <laughs> so back to your books. Sorry, I, I really get excited about this subject. I love it because even though I know crazy is going to happen, I know God's promises are true. And that is something to rejoice about. Yes, very much. Yes, I, I asked what your age was because in my book, um, Jeremy is 12 years old when he has his first dream. He has several dreams uh, and, and then he begins having visions. And um, and then he's uh, still pretty young. I think he's like only maybe 13, uh, 15 when he's called to preach. And in, in the book, he only, it only gives you a glimpse of his first message. Uh, so it's not a preachy book, but it does... It does let you know that God can use you at any age. Absolutely. And um, later on in the book, it's pretty much uh, him and Grandpa that are <laughs> that are uh, very active. Uh, I, I personally believe there's a very big chance that the, what we think of as the church at this point in time is going to change very much in how it looks. You know, we're, we're not going to be allowed to meet in big buildings or anything. 
many churches that are big. Uh, well, I mean, they're just going to kind of be um, well sent out, you know, the, the, just like it was in Jerusalem uh, 70 years after um, Jesus. Uh, he had before that he had told everybody, "Well, sell whatever you have and, and live together." Well, they only told Jerusalem that because God knew God knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, and so when the persecution started, they all went in all directions, um, and so that's kind of what is coming. You know that that uh, the we saw a little glimpse of it in the lockdown. It was kind of a dress rehearsal, yeah. uh, you know, where they they just they locked down, told everybody, "No, you can't go to church. That's not essential." And um, they started, the bigger the church was, the bigger the fines were, that they they were just um, doing everything they could to close them down. So I'm thinking it's going to be a lot more like, um, you know, countries that in the past they were not allowed to have church, because that's the way it's going to be everywhere in the world. You're not going to be allowed to publicly have church. It'll just be small meeting groups. And like you say, yes, you're going to have to be in, in touch with God. You get, you need to be full of the spirit, talking in tongues. You got to really have a hold of God so he can lead and guide you in these perilous times that are coming. We need his strength. We are. And we're, and it's so hard for God. I wish somebody could have explained it to me and you know, what the Holy Spirit, even what a relationship with Jesus really is. Because it's not the way, I mean, I know that some preachers do a good job of explaining it, but if I would have known it was like the world's greatest, it's like getting to live your own superhero movie. It, I Honestly, it's more, it's full of adventure. It's full mm -hmm. of extremes. And it's not, look, even though there's dark times, I, there's absolutely dark times. There's hard times. But instead of going to meth or cocaine or sex or any of the other things that I was an addict of, like now I can, I, I, I have the tools because of the Holy Spirit to help me cope and also to show me how all this coming at me can be used for good. I can see how it's teaching me. I can Amen. see the hardship. I can see the attacks. I can see these things as, oh, there's something here for me to learn. Or there's something here for me that I can give to God. I can trust him with. If I don't believe I can handle it, I can surrender it. He's going to use it. And like I didn't know how much fun it was actually going to be. I didn't know how exciting it was. And if any of you out there are adrenaline junkies, you cannot get more high than you can with the Holy Spirit. Trust me, I've tried. Amen. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried many times. I've chased the dragon for over 20 years. Now it's well, it's different because of the Holy Spirit. And I wish yep. other people enjoy, could understand it. I want people to understand it because it's freedom in everything. Oh, amen. Yeah, having God's Spirit moving through you, there is nothing better than that. I mean, I, um, not to compare, but I mean, you know, my husband and I, we were sinners, <laughs> full hilt before we came to God. You look like a wild woman. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, God brought us out of a lot, and He's able, whatever our situation is, He He can and He will do it. Amen. And living for him is so exciting. And, you know, I, I I can't believe it when people make those pictures of heaven with these little 
angels sitting on a cloud, you know, with a harp. I'm like, heaven won't be nothing like that. Earth is so awesomely exciting when you're walking with God. Just imagine that, you know, pumped up 10 or 20 times more or 100 times more. I don't know. Heaven is going to be so awesome that, um, you know, the, these bodies we live in now can't, couldn't even take it. We got to get a brand new body to be there. So, yes, I, I totally agree. Uh, living for God, there's no better life. In your books, do you ever get into the 144,000? Not yet. I got more books coming up. I may do that. <laughs> it's we. I had this discussion, um, and I've. It's so. I what I love about getting to interview people like yourself, and and really, I, I, I have some amazing guests. I've been very, very fortunate. But I didn't know that you could access heavenly courts. Like, I didn't understand all that stuff. And I have a friend that's pretty well, we're a friend, she's a friend now, her and her sister both. They're very spiritually gifted, but I've learned a lot through them. But we were having a conversation where it, it just, you know, we didn't know. It was about when is Jesus coming back? We were talking about pre and post trip. We we're having that conversation. And I kid you not, the reason why I was saying what I said earlier is because God showed me something that I thought was important because, you know, we've been dealing with censorship. We got deplatformed and kicked off of our other two networks. And by the grace of God, we have a new network now called the Live Mana Network, and it's the digital Noah's Ark. And there's a reason why it's called that. But he gave me this vision, and I don't understand it fully. That's why, but I was asking you about the 144,000, but also the collective waking, waking up and rallying around the love of Jesus is that I think all of those people right now that have been left behind, that have been broken, you and if you want to talk about energy, um, our energetic level, and a lot of Christians don't like this subject, but we are energy, and like attracts like. So you can dispute that as a believer all you want, but we are energy. There's, rock, there's energy in rocks. There's energy in everything. So like attracts like. So... If you have people in their vibration level, their energy level super low because they've been abused, they've been neglected, they've been rejected, they've been shunned from the church, they've been told that their testimony is too crazy or they don't feel comfortable in the church because, well, they have a testimony like mine or, or, or they've been betrayed by family members, all that, all those things hurt. And then you take the thought that we will never receive all that God has available for us until we heal all of the wounds of our past. I believe it because why would God give you his greatness and all the things that are good for your damaged trauma ridden butt to go mess it up? Because man, God, everything God created was good. Only man corrupted it. So my back to my point. All right. So if, if we take, those people that are abused and have been hurt and have not gone through the healing journey yet. But collectively, we can inspire and instill hope. We can install the love of Jesus inside of them and they start to get it. And little by little, all these things that no longer serve them, their, their addiction, the drink, the abuse, the lying, the cheating, the manipulating, the stealing, all of those things. And they start releasing it and giving it to God, surrendering it to God. And all of it goes out. All this bad gets out of you. And then now God can pour in. What happens to those people that are on the lowest of the low when they start to wake up? So the reason why 
that God wants us in the streets and why the church building needs to be destroyed, at least most of them, in my opinion, is because the people that are suffering and hurting aren't welcome in the church. And the people that we can save, we can turn this whole thing around. I really believe it. We can shift the timeline by collectively waking up and uniting around the love of Jesus. And it starts with us as believers speaking to the people that have not been welcomed in the church. And I believe that that is how we can start the shifting. So going back to the 144,000, I think percentage-wise, I don't remember where I saw it, but there's something about that number, and it may not be the right number, but we only need so many people to actually wake up. And when they do, we can shift all of this madness, and we can turn it around. Like, I do have a hope in my spirit about this, and it may not have been God. It could have been the burger I ate. I have no idea, but I'm pretty confident that that came from God when he showed it to me. Does that sound insane? Not at all. In fact, it's a little bit like my previous book called God's Armory, where there is a group of people um, who are homeless, and there's a small church that reaches out to them and, and works with them, and um, they become key elements throughout the, the, the rest. Until, well, actually, that book goes all the way through Armageddon and into the millennial reign. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, the, the, the experience you're describing sounds a lot like repentance. I mean, when someone comes to God and repents, he does mm -hmm. clean them out and make them brand new, a brand new creation completely. All of those yucky dead things that are in their past, they're, they're gone. You know, they're all washed away in baptism and, and they're a new creation. There's, it's such an awesome thing. It so. really is. It, it, and it's such a journey too. And that's another thing too. Yeah even for people that have already given their life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're, if you're living with shame and you're living with secrets and you're living with resentments and you're living with all of that, that's dulling your light. That's dulling your ability. And I want to promise mm -hmm. you something. No Christian's supposed to be perfect. And whoever, I don't know how religion and church did that. Maybe it was from the pastors acting holier than thou. I have no idea. But for some reason, believers have got it in their head that they need to pretend to be perfect or they need to act like everything's they have it together. No, you don't. No, you don't. The most empowering thing you can do, at least in my experience, is when you're worried, like the secret, especially the secrets, publicly confess them or to even talk to somebody. I mean, look, you don't have to be so crazy and write a book about all of your sin. But I mean, that helped me. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't scare. I'm not scared of anything now because all my crap is out there. Like I, I'm, and I'm, I willingly talk about that. I'm not perfect. I still struggle. Like God is working on me and healing me, but man, I got a lot of sin to dig out, you know? And, but as he works on me, my faith grows and I do, I quit going back to my grave, but, but Christians, Christians, they, they suffer almost the worst hell as the people that are already living in hell because they fear the judgment all around them from their congregation because they feel like they need to be a certain way. And that's not how it should be. Yeah, I, um, I was kind of inspired. I, I visited my friend's church. She has a very small church. There's about 12 people. It's even smaller than the one I go to. 
<laughs> so, but uh, they had they had testimony time. Uh, it's an old time thing. I don't know if you've ever been in a church that had people testify. But um, most of the people in her church, when they stood up, they publicly proclaimed some of the sins that God brought them out of. And I thought, you know, it would do us all good to do just a little bit more of that because we are all, we are, we're human. We, we were very broken when God found us and he's working on us. It's a lifetime project, you know, <laughs> and none of us would make it without his grace because none of us are ever going to be perfect in this life. That's right. You're so right. I found, I, it's heartbreaking to me for a couple of reasons, when I see some of the pastors that are going, that have gotten in trouble and have stepped down, especially from the Hillsong ranks. And I, listen, I, the music was great. The, the, the messages and the different preachers, like they were cool and hit messages, but it was meant for a mainstream audience. And of course, you know, they, with, with, with now finding out these allegations and the things that are going on and the reasons why they resigned, it's also saddening to me because one, you, I don't ever want to see someone fall. But the other part is how empowering would it have been for, I think his name was Carl Lentz um, and some of these other pastors that have been caught up, the guy that's the head of Liberty University that, you know, his wife was sleeping with the pool boy while he watched. And like, this is what secrets do to you because now you've given, you've given away your power You've, you've set yourself up to be blackmailed. And if this was a real struggle and something they were battling with and they kept falling back into this, how empowering would it be for a congregation to say, you know, before Jesus, I was a real whore. I was a man whore and I slept with everything that walked and I had a sex addiction and a porn addiction and everything else. And I got to tell you, the devil, when I'm stressed out, he just comes at me and like, and he just puts these floods my head with these images. And I just, and it just, I just, I just fell into temptation because it seemed like the only relief for my stress. And I'm struggling with this. And you need to know, congregation, you need to know, do not hold me as if I'm God. I'm just one of you. I have the blessing of getting to share the word of God with you. I have the blessing of getting to, 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 to share you what I've learned with Jesus but I'm struggling with this. Pray for me. Help me. Hold me accountable. I don't want this life. If a preacher did that, I would be the first one through the door every week because that's the actual truth. The actual truth Amen. is preachers and men of God, women of God, they fall short. They, get, they struggle with temptation. And you know what? When you keep the, all that secret... It grows into a big, scary monster. But when you yeah. confess it, you give God an opportunity to use it for something good. Amen. Totally agree with that. That confession is good for the soul and, and for other people's too. You know, it, it lets people know they're not the only ones struggling. And it lets them know how to pray for you because we need to pray for one another. That's so uh, good. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. in your book, have you got any pushback or backlash for your books? Only a couple that I gave away for free. People said, uh, <laughs> uh, my uh, my first book I gave away, I, I went around my neighborhood and passed them out to every house in the neighborhood at the beginning of the lockdown. I said, eh, 
everybody's stuck at home. Maybe they'd like a book to read. So I went around and, and, and gave set a free book by everybody's door. And I had the, I had two people go up on um, this neighborhood uh, site saying how terrible a person I was because they had a no soliciting sign. I'm like, I wasn't selling anything. And if you don't like it, throw it away. You know? <laughs> but, but, Donate um, it. Like give it to Goodwill or something. Yeah, right. You know, so I'm not forcing anything on you. <laughs> but uh, people are strange creatures sometimes. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They are. I, I'm, I actually, I'm really excited to read your books um, because I do enjoy, I, I know that you've put, you know, you're telling a fictional story, but the, what the message you have in there is, well, it, 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 it's true in your belief, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Exciting. God, God is coming uh, Yeah. toward, toward the end of the book. Uh, the family is living outside the city, uh, and and they 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 go out trying to find who else is uh, still alive, so they can kind of you know help one another. And it's kind of an interesting thing is I just saw an, an article today saying that the new the thing the new world order is afraid of are the people who are living outside the city who are not going along with their program. <laughs> and, and so we know there will be some, and I if I'm still alive, I'm going to be one for sure. Well, and if you pay attention to Agenda 2030, you're you're mm -hmm. right because they what they want to do is they want to create these mega metropolises. I think that's how you mm -hmm. say it. So, get to give you an idea of what that is, it would be like Minneapolis and Chicago being connected. Really big. Um, yeah, L.A., Vegas, Dallas. I mean, like I I've seen the map for it a few years ago, and now I can't find it for some reason. Especially now it, that it's pretty obvious what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, they want to move in the cities because of the smart cities, another mm -hmm. Elon Musk tie-in that because mm -hmm. everything's connected, everything's mm -hmm. monitored. It's much harder to do in the country. In fact, the 5g towers that they're building out here, um, we moved out of the city. We were downtown Minneapolis for a year, uh, now live outside of it, but even around us, you can see how they're doing the 5g towers, but to do what they want to do it's going to be really hard out in the country. So they're going to find a way to get people to move into the city. Um, that is a big part of their agenda and to make all of this, the land public or well, private domain again, where mm -hmm. that they can control it and they won't allow the public on it anymore. Right. That's a yeah. Big for your yeah you'll, you'll own nothing and be happy. They say. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that's directly from the world economic forum. Who's calling all the shots? And by the way, every leader of every country that is exists right now is part of the World Economic Forum, part of Klaus Schwab. It's why mm -hmm. two years ago on my Meet the Beast episode that I said, read the book, The Great Reset. Read the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is not conspiracy. It's telling you exactly what is going to happen. So I'm not a prophet. I mean, I don't think so. God gives me vision. But I actually read directly from the source because I don't need I know the news lies to me. So the guys that are calling the shots, I want to read what their agenda is so I know how to prepare for it. Why we keep telling people any we will tell anybody, anybody and everybody all the time. You need to start turning your business into a media first organization. And the reason why is it gives you there's there's some very practical reasons. It's multiple revenue streams that it creates for you. It positions you for multiple. 
and you can keep adding and adding and adding and adding. That's what media does. Think about Disney, prime example. Guess what? Now, being a Disney is possible for you, the individual. Absolutely. That's what technology has done. That's why we keep saying that. But the other part of it is social credit scoring. Social mm -hmm. credit scoring, the reason why you want to buy your name, anitatosh.com or .tv or whatever, is because this stuff is factored into social scoring, how you contribute to society. Again, going back to the World Economic Forum, if you listen to, um, not no, is it no, Noah? Noah from the World Economic Forum, listen to his videos. Anyone that is not contributing to society, in other words, you're not a functional part of what's going on. You are going to be a useless animal. Useless animal, in their words, not mine. And so you're just going to be killed off. The people that are just think that they can accept a universal income and get by, because that's what's coming, by the way, with all the technology advances. Unless if you're contributing to society in a big way, you're going to have no choice but to be a part of that new system. That new system is going to lead many to death. But the way to stay ahead of it, the way to keep yourselves there but still be useful in their eyes is, well, you're contributing to society in a major way. And the most powerful position you can be is media. This is why we teach it, why we have a nonprofit media company, and why we have a broadcasting network that teaches other people how to create their own broadcasting networks. Because this is your freedom. And people ignore it. People think it's crazy. But you know what? People thought the internet wouldn't last. And look where it's at. The singularity has been talked about for 50 years. They've been telling you exactly where we're going. I paid attention as a kid. Don't know why, but I did. Thank God for that. But I'm telling you. It's time. You have to diversify yourself and just going, well, I want to wait for Jesus to come back. He's going to come rescue us. Bull crap. Bull crap. You're going to see hell on earth. Every one of you that's watching right now, unless if you're dead, will see hell on earth. We're living in it now. But guess what? It's going to get really ugly very soon. Not to be scared, anybody, because God's promises are still true. But you have to do What's in the Bible? That's why if you follow the biblical principles that are given to us all, the kingdom principles, you will survive this. And part of the kingdom principles, multiple revenue streams. Big part of it. So, anyway, Anita, I, I, what else do you have to add? I, I'm so, I, get, I told you I got passionate about this subject, so I apologize. I've almost like hijacked the interview. Oh, this has been great. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And um, we we really do agree a whole lot. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Yeah, we just we just want to be ready for whatever comes. And right. if we're in tune with God and we're, we're a born again believer, then we will be. So thank you so much. Anita, you're a blessing. Please tell everybody where they can find your books, uh, where they can support you, um, how they can pray for you. Whatever you want to share, please do. Okay, well, I have a, uh, a twice-monthly newsletter that I put out uh, news uh, that lets you know things that are in in the news that correspond with Bible prophecy. If you're interested in that, please go to my website, booksbyanita.com, and request it. Also, on uh, my website, you can see uh, what my books are like, and there's some videos there. I also do something called Bible Bits and Bites that are just little teeny tiny Bible studies that are on YouTube. 
Uh, and they start out with just introducing a person to what the Bible is and where to find things in it. So if, if it's all new to you, that's a good place to start. Um, the books are available on Amazon and uh, the, the newest one called the Book of Jeremy. That one is also available on Kobo and iBooks and Barnes and Noble. So uh, look at you, you Anita, you are media savvy. I dig it. You got the video, the books. You're doing all the right things. I love it. Thank you. Um, well, God bless you, Anita. Thank you so much for being here. And um, as soon as this broadcast is over, we publish every article. I mean, every broadcast. Um, so you, folks, you'll be able on livemana.org or on Google News, you'll be able to find uh, this interview, uh, the transcript and everything else, but also links of where to buy her books, where you can support her. So that'll all be there. And let, so that's available. And Anita, you're an absolute blessing. I loved, I love this conversation. I love talking about this subject. And if you ever, for all of your next books, if you want to come back, you have an open invite. Would love to. Thank you so much, Joshua. God, God bless you. Thank you again. Bye-bye. I, I love her. And I don't love her just because she agrees with me. I love her because, well, she's awesome. I don't think she agrees with everything I said. But that's okay. I don't need people to agree with me. I don't even think, I mean, I'm sure I'm not right about all of it, but I know what God shows me. And, and he's shown me a lot of the same stuff since I was a kid. So, and now seeing it play out, I have no reason to believe that we're wrong. I mean, even the name digital Noah's art that came from God, not me. I didn't make that up. I'm not that smart. So God bless her. You guys go support her books. I mean, it looks super interesting. And, you know, I, I like the idea of fictionalizing uh, nonfiction because she puts a lot of truth. And there's a word for it I heard. Fraction, was it? But it's, um, you know, it, it's a fictional book, but with truth in it. And prophecy, and I believe post-trib, like this, it makes sense to me. And I know some people don't agree with that. But I really believe that we're going to see it. We're already seeing it. Like we're seeing hell start to take shape now. And, and I guess if you have the eyes to see, you do. But, you know, evil is thrown in our face at every direction. Satan is being glorified in music award shows, unlike ever before. And if you don't know symbolism, it's going to be really hard for you to see. But then again, even if you don't know symbolism, well, it's still kind of in your face. The sexualization of children. We have people right now that are defending the sexualization of grade school kids. What is wrong with us? Like, how are we allowing this? It's because, well, what does the Bible say that's going to happen? We're here. Half breeding of, of, of the breeding of man and, and animal. Like, that's happening. It, it, I mean, it, you can Google it. Like, Google's not even censoring that. I wish with everything in me that I could make Jesus, I had the vocabulary to make Jesus make sense to everyone on the planet. And listen, I love my Muslim brothers and sisters. I love, I have atheist friends that I love. I have friends that are Hindu. My neighbors are Hindu and I freaking love them. Like, I love them. I, 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 my Jewish friends I love. 
but I want all of them to know the love of Jesus. I want all of them to know like what Jesus is for us. It's not the church crap. It's not. There's nothing about church that is Jesus to me. Because you know what? I don't think... I think if it was up to Jesus, we would be gathering and having community every day of the week. I don't believe we'd be celebrating these stupid holidays that are pagan holidays. I mean, we told our kids the truth about the Easter Bunny. That was a fun one. Um... Jesus, it didn't make sense for me. It didn't. The Bible didn't make sense to me. Tried to read it. Didn't understand it. Rejected it. But when I surrendered my life to Jesus, when I finally realized that really, like, I tried everything my own way, I tried to, I mean, I was so good at getting out of trouble I was like the, what do you call it? The, the leave it to beaver. The, was it the font? Not leave it to beaver. Eddie Haskell. It was like Eddie Haskell. That's an old reference for you young people. It was Eddie Haskell. I could get myself and talk myself out of trouble at anything. I kept getting away with it. And even after getting arrested, I'm like, oh, I'm going to change my life. And then a week later, I would be back doing math and Coke and everything else. But when I finally woke up to the realization that I had wasted all of these amazing opportunities that were given to me, everything I tried on my own, it just wasn't working. And I knew that I really had no other option because I'd tried everything on my own. And when I just simply said, take my life, Lord, it's yours. I surrendered. Everything changed. And look, I'm not telling you that it got perfect. And things got perfect. I'm not going to tell you things got easy. It didn't. My life is harder now. But I have the tools to face it. And now I can look at adversity. I can look at struggle. I can look at failure. I can see the blessing and the gift in it. And you can only do that, I believe, when your heart is aligned with God. When Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, it just gives you this ability to see things truthfully. Not religion, Jesus. I never got anything there. Church, Jesus. Religion, Jesus. My relationship with Jesus was spending time with Jesus by myself. The Bible the time alone, the, the screaming at him, the crying, the cursing at him, the, all of it. And the more I got to know Jesus, the more I got to know God, the more I started to understand who I am. And not to make me sound super important, but in God's eyes, I'm really important. And you know what? So are you. You're so important. He's the manufacturer of your life. Why would you go anywhere else for guidance? Why would you go anywhere else to for instruction for your life, how to improve, how to be better, how to be what you were created to be? 
Why would you go to someone else for that? When you can go directly to God and God will talk to you. God will tell you. God will show you. And sometimes it's God speaking through someone else. But the life God has for you is greater than every dream and vision you've ever had. And because all that gets to come true. That's what obedience does. But he exceeds that. He exceeds it in every way. To me, I had a lot of hatred, a lot of animosity, I had a lot of issues. But for me to crack the boulder, the mountain that was around my shoulders, it started with compassion. Because I had to think of who I needed, you know, like it, I was angry at a lot of people. I hated my father. And letting compassion come in allowed me to forgive. And the compassion part was all the things I hated my dad for. Well, it, it had happened to him too. Like all the things that he did, it happened to him so then I was able to understand, oh, he learned it from somewhere. So your abuser, your molester, the person that cheated on you, that broke your heart, they learned it from somewhere. That allowed me to have compassion. So then I was able to forgive. And when I forgave, I was able to make room for God and the Holy Spirit to start working on me. So I... I don't know if that speaks to you in any way, but I promise you that if you're hanging on to secrets, you're hanging on to someone else's secrets. You're stealing space from God when God wants to put something else there for you. Releasing secrets is the most empowering thing you can do. And let me tell you something else. The truth is going to come out anyway. But when you allow someone else to tell the truth on you, it becomes a weapon. But if you tell on yourself, take all the bullets away. All that's been hidden will be revealed. all. So I just threw a lot of stuff at you. But I promise you the life that God has for you is better than anything you can dream up on your own. Anything you can try to do by yourself, all your gurus and all that. What God has for you is bigger and better. But he's the one that created you. So doesn't it make sense to go to him for it? Thank you for being here. God bless you guys.